Welcome to Right Way Politics. We do politics the right way, the winning way, and we leave the left way behind. And the Virginia Republican Party got yet another reminder that there's a part of their game that is going to make a big difference in close elections. And with the upcoming General Assembly elections in both the House and the Senate in Virginia, they better get this cleaned up because in some cases, campaigns are still partying like it's 1996 and not 2023. Hi, I'm Brian Kerwin, your host of Right Way Politics, noted political consultant. And the big story in January this month, Congresswoman Jen Kiggins, after voting for the 15th time to make Kevin McCarthy the Speaker of the House, has uh, had her old seat, which had a year left on the term, which she had to vacate because she was heading up to Congress, and two candidates fought tooth and nail. Republicans nominated Kevin Adams, military veteran, married, father of nine, and Democrats nominated Councilman Aaron Rouse, a one-termer in Virginia Beach, former NFL player for multiple teams, and uh, was a nail-biter. It really went down to the last votes. The vote was basically 50.8% to 49.1%. So yes, a nail-biter, over 1% difference, so there was no recounts, but 19,923 to 19,227. We're looking for a, uh, you know, a less than a thousand vote margin in an election that had 39,000 votes cast. And I know that 39,000 votes cast was above a lot of predictions that I was getting off the record from people who should know that this was way higher turnout for especially for a January special election than anyone. Both sides spent well over a million dollars turning out the vote, and both sides did it, but there was one glaring difference in the two campaigns. Of course, the election day, Republicans won it pretty strong, but the difference in this race was, of course, the mail-in ballots. If we look in Virginia Beach, which made it the bulk of the 7th District in the Senate, Aaron Rouse got 4,283 votes and Kevin Adams got 1,601. That's 73% to 27%. That's nearly a 50% shellacking that the Republicans got in the mail-in vote. And these elections are turning out to be how much can the Democrats spot themselves a lead with absentee mail-in ballots, uh, many of them permanent absentees, where they want to be mailed a ballot whether they ask for it or not, you can do that in Virginia. You can't lose by almost 50 percentage points in any kind of turnout election, but in any close election, and overcome that margin on election day. It's very, very, very tough. And if the Republicans have a strategy of making up the loss on election day, it's like a fourth quarter comeback. You know, you can't, you got to play all four quarters. You can't give up a big lead at halftime and figure out that you're going to make it up in the second half. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Jen Kiggins did, but you look at her. I mean, she came very, very close. She lost Virginia Beach, and look what she did in the mail-in vote. You want to hear some close numbers? 74% Elaine Luria got in the mail-in vote, 26% Jen Kiggins. 13,000 to under 5,000. 
You've got two consecutive elections, two months apart. Elaine Luria for Congress got 74% of the mail-in vote. And two months later, Aaron Rouse got 73% of the mail-in vote. This is chronic. This is a pattern. This is something we must break as Republicans. For somehow, we have to get our lower propensity voters who aren't likely to turn up on election day to sign up for absentee ballots and vote by mail, even in elections that they don't usually show up for. The Democrats have done it, the Republicans haven't, and it's the secret sauce that makes those elections that are won by one or two points, one way or the other, and this is the difference. If not for that mail-in margin, Republicans hold the 7th Senatorial District seat. The Republicans are pretty competitive everywhere else. Did very well. They won or came very, very close in the in-person early vote. So doing well, being competitive in in-person early voting. They're just not getting people to trust mailing in the ballot. And they got to do that. They've got to make that mail-in ballot more consistent, more competitive, and not just turn out people who we know are going to eventually vote anyway, because that's a wash. One vote counts for one vote. But getting people who basically only vote for the big elections to turn out for some of the not-so-big elections to them, like uh, something for state senate, they may not usually vote in a state senate special election or an off-year election, but they'll vote for the presidential election. We've got to get them to mail in their ballot every time. The Democrats are doing it. The Republicans are not. And these lead to big things. Because the Democrats are being Democrats again in Richmond. I want to talk about two specific bills that I've been watching for a couple of weeks now. And the Democrats are doing what they promised they wouldn't do. After all these elections, when they say they support the police and they don't support criminals, I see two bills that are getting a little bit of attention. One, mostly by me, Senator Joe Morrissey, the Democrats' least favorite Democrat in the Senate, has put in a bill that eliminates the requirement of an imposition of mandatory consecutive sentences of imprisonment. He wants the judges to be able to have the flexibility to give sentences for crimes, multiple crimes, but let the criminal serve them consecutively. For example, somebody could be found guilty of three crimes and say one has a five-year sentence, one has a 10-year sentence, one has a 20-year sentence. Currently, 5 plus 10 plus 20 equals 35. They're behind bars for 35 years. The Democrats and every Democrat along the way has voted for this bill, and it will be going to the Senate floor as we record this today, and that would make that 35 years 20. That means a rapist, a murderer, a grand larcenist, a drug dealer, a child pornographer, all these multiple crimes, if somebody is guilty of multiple crimes, they'll be on the streets years earlier. That's the fact. Joe Marcy's bill would put criminals on the street quicker, sooner. Because if you can be convicted of four crimes and serve all their sentences at the same time, then there's no reason, uh, I mean, there's no difference between committing one crime and committing four crimes. Because if you're sentenced for all four of them, you can serve all four sentences at the same time 
and you get out a lot earlier. Basically, it's the, it's the criminal judicial equivalent of best ball. Whatever's your longest sentence, that's what you stay in, and the other ones really don't count. I think it's horrible. I think if you did four crimes, you should do the time for four crimes. But the Democrats are going to put violent criminals on the street sooner if they pass this bill. It's Senate Bill 888. Keep your eye on it. I certainly will. One bill that got a whole lot of attention was Senate Bill 881. It's about felony homicide for drug dealers. Yes, this bill would have allowed prosecutors to charge drug dealers with second-degree murder if a user dies of an overdose or fentanyl or any laced drugs. If the drug dealer contributed to the death of one of their customers, they'll have to be made accountable. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an idea? That you, the normal average everyday citizen, thinks makes sense. If somebody dies, shouldn't someone be responsible? If a drug dealer dealing illegal drugs laced with lethal things like fentanyl, shouldn't the drug dealer be accountable? Well, Democrats say no. Democrats don't want drug dealers to be punished. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know what their logic is. I don't know. I don't care to know what their logic is. And the governor who very rightly spoke to the press about the outrage of this bill and its defeat 9-6 to six in the Senate committee by the Democrats, every Democrat voting against it but one. One, interesting, that Dick Saslaw, longtime leader in the Democrats in the Senate, voted with the Republicans, voted against killing this bill. Democrat Dick Saslaw sides with the Republicans and says, you know, drug dealers need to be held accountable for the people that they kill. No kidding. One smart Democrat, and it was a one-vote margin in that committee, one more Democrat joining Dick Saslaw, and that bill makes it to the floor. There's also a House version of the bill, House Bill 1642. That's Terry Kilgore's legislation, majority leader in the House, and he uh, his bill passed committee and is sent to the Committee of Appropriations. So it's still alive and working through the process. Every Democrat voted against the House version of the bill as well. Governor Youngkin spoke to a press gaggle about this, and here's what he said. Uh, from overdoses, 76% from fentanyl. And we, we know that it's disproportionately impacting um, particular groups uh, like young black men. And yet the, the, the left liberal Democrats want to stand up for dealers over victims. They want to stand up for dealers over families. They want to stand up for dealers over Virginia. And this is the exact same approach they had with the parole board, which is, which is criminals over victims. I got the parole board fixed, and I just think this is so inconsistent with a Virginia family, Virginia victim, and Virginians first approach here, I don't understand it. And I think there's, I, I just think this is so counter to what we need to be doing right now, which is standing up for victims and stop protecting the dealers. Why do they want to protect dealers when they are killing our children, our family members? I don't understand it. I think it's so fundamentally wrong. And uh, I have to tell you, I think we're going to get another shot at this bill. I hope they reconsider what they've done because what they've done is wrong. 
The Democrats have fought him on the parole board where they wanted criminals out on the street. And now Democrats are protecting drug dealers who murder with impunity and not be charged. Oh, and meanwhile, the Democrats in the Senate in another committee are saying, hey, if, uh, if you happen to be charged with these multiple offenses, don't worry. Only one of them really counts. You're charged with one crime or 50 crimes. You'll just have to serve the sentence of the longest one. The other ones are basically thrown out. We have a General Assembly full of Democrats who put murderers, rapists, and drug dealers ahead of victims and families and children. That's the flat, honest truth. There's no other way to read these votes than that. And they're handing Republicans a way to keep the House and win back the Senate by their kooky, drug-supporting, crime-supporting, pornography-supporting Democrats in office. This is their record, and we're going to make them run on it. That's all we have today for right-way politics. We'll keep an eye on the General Assembly of Virginia and the idiot things that Democrats are doing, and we hope you find your way back to right-way politics. Thanks.